Welcome to Jamie's Corner Podcast. This is a show where we talk about veganism, spirituality, animal rights, friends, family, struggles. I don't know. I kind of use this as my own therapy session, you know, just talking things through, really. So let's have some fun. I interview a lot of different activists, yogis, nutritionists. We got some doctors on here, veterinarians. You name it, just a lot of really great people. So thanks for joining me. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. People don't invite me. It's not even like people invite me and I have to say no. Like I don't get invitations to them. Where they're like, we didn't invite you because it was barbecue. We didn't invite you because it was this. Well, you know what? I want to do shit with my friends. And I want to be able to be at parties. And I want to be able to go to Friendsgivings and not be sad. I want to be an average member of society. I don't want to have to be this different person. And I'm tired of having to have people go out of their way to look at the menus before. I'm tired of dating being so difficult where right at the beginning I have to be like, this is how I am. I'm not a fake vegan. Like, I'm hardcore. If you can't handle this, you're going to have to deal with it. Most people can't. I'm tired of having to do the extremes in life. I want to be an average member of society. Well, what the hell is up, you guys? I am out here in Los Angeles, California, sitting next to my dear pal, Marissa Underwood. Welcome. Hi, thank you. (laughs) Marissa is former Miss Montana. If you guys go back to listen to episode 10, you'll hear her whole story and what she went through, which is a miracle that you're still sitting here in front of me today. You made it out alive. (laughs) Barely. (laughs) We're so happy. (laughs) But yeah, I guess just give us a little background. Uh, Tell me about the pageant world and what what you, you did and what you're up to. Okay, yeah. So to to take it back, when I was Miss Montana USA, that was in 2020. So I won and then the pandemic hit. And so most of my year was actually spent social media, like a lot of internet usage. And so it brought me a lot of hate being a vegan in Montana, being somebody who wasn't supporting, you know, the number one export in Montana is beef. So you have a state representative coming out and saying that I actually don't agree with it and I don't believe in it. Um, and I also think that you shouldn't either. <laughs> like, so it was more or less not just my individual choices, but what I encouraged others to do as well. So looking back on that now, you know, I'm very grateful and very happy for, for what I did and the stance that I took. I feel very good about that part of my life. The way that it has now transitioned as I move forward, where it was a period where I felt like I had to be perfect all the time. And I had to have the right answers for everything all the time. People were looking at my photos, like what I was doing, where I was going, what I was eating. If I was wearing a belt that looked leather to them, like everything was criticized and ostracized. And so it became this really extreme experience of like extreme self-awareness and a lot of unforgiveness through strangers online. And it led me then to really take a huge step back. Like after Miss USA, I felt so defeated because I had tried so hard and I'd put in so much effort and I felt like I was so authentic and so true to myself and really went through a level of berating that ultimately kind of landed me a little bit flat in the pageant world. So that was, you know, that was my goal to go to Miss USA to place, you know, for the first time Montana's never placed. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to place. And I didn't. And so I felt like 
everything that I had done and sacrificed and worked hard for was essentially meaningless in the goal that I had had, which was to be successful at Miss USA. And then I had to expand my understanding of that and my place in that and realize that that was just something that I had to walk through and not the ultimate end of the goal. But what it's led me to now is understanding my place as a radicalist, as an extremist, you know, um, all, all the things that in a sense you're labeled when you're vegan. Mm -hmm. So that's where I am now is, is navigating the world post radicalism still existing in that, but less so in the spotlight in a way. And I think that is a really good way of breaking down the topics that we're going to cover today, which is how to be a vegan and exist in a non-vegan world, how isolating it can be, how it can break up relationships, how it can really make you feel kind of lonely. And we're going to talk about ways that we've coped, ways that we haven't, things that still bother us and I hope that this episode is kind of informative and and helpful to people that are going through it because you're not alone. You know, we all have been there. We all are going through this. And when you're living in a non-vegan world, it is really difficult. So when we were at dinner last night, we went to this amazing spot in Los Angeles called Pura Vida. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's Italian, delicious. And we were talking through what would be helpful and interesting for, for you guys to listen to. And one of the topics that came up, you were saying, well, I've just been going through a really tough time right now. I guess walk me through your last couple of months and what you've been feeling. Yeah. So after pageants where if you looked at my social media, all it was for the most part was veganism and animal rights. And I was really gung-ho and cutthroat about it and that was my identity that's who like marissa is the vegan you're gonna say vegan before anything else that's how i'm known and i started to feel like people saw me in a way that was unrelatable in a sense and i also started to isolate myself because i didn't want to go to birthday dinners at steakhouses and i don't want to go to sushi restaurants and i don't want to um you know, swim with dolphins and I don't want to go to different, you know, places where they're, they're, you know, riding camels and stuff. But I felt that my views somehow, while I believed them wholeheartedly and it's completely like, I understand it through and through, you know, veganism in every way and capacity that you can prevent yourself from utilizing animals in any way. It just makes sense to me. And then I had this huge realization that it doesn't make sense for other people. And beyond that, they don't care. So when you're around people that you might love, close friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, family members, you have this thing that you believe to be so undoubtedly true, and they believe the total opposite. And then you're sitting at a table with them, trying to make a connection, but realizing that there's this moral thing that just alienates you in every way from the majority of people. Like, it was so... It's so shocking to me still to think about, like recently I was on a flight and I had ordered a vegan meal and they were like, oh, we didn't get that selection. We only have cheese, turkey, or chicken. And in my head, I was like, this entire plane, there's not one single other vegan meal in this entire plane. So remembering like, we think the vegan movement is so out there and doing so well. And then I get hit in the face and I'm like, wait a minute, 
how many of us are there? How many other people are there that think the way that I do? And then I recently was dating a non-vegan and I was really clear with him about who I was, what I needed, what I needed in a partner. And at the time it was something that he was willing to take the steps through and to, to be vegan around me and to really have that conversation and be considerate. Over time, we then went to Greece on a trip and it was very hard for me to eat. There was a pretty big language barrier. We were in kind of a remote area. There wasn't a lot of food. And if it was, it was kind of like processed and not something I wanted to eat. So I had a really hard time eating there. So I'm on this romantic vacation with this boyfriend and we're just not able to connect in any kind of way. Because what do you do when you go on vacation? You hang out, you go to the beach, you drink alcohol. I also don't drink alcohol. So that's another part where I'm disconnected. And you eat, you go to restaurants, you try things. So we're just so disconnected because he went there and wanted to try everything. And that's that's fine. You can make whatever choice you want to make for yourself. Um, but it just created this huge barrier where in my head, I was like, we, we're not seeing eye to eye in this at all. You want to do what you want to do and I can't be there with you. And then eventually, two weeks after we got back, we broke up over this. And he had said to me, he's like, I just feel like we can't connect on the things that I want to connect to. And it left me like, and ultimately it was right. The decision was fully right, but it made me really sad in a way where I was like, there are people who in any other circumstance I would be able to connect with mm -hmm. and have a bond with and a friendship or relationship. But because I don't want to utilize animals, I'm now being alienated from people that I would care about otherwise. You're describing this and in my head, I'm thinking about all the scenarios that I've experienced very similar things with. I mean, you're right. It is food is a bonding thing. Drinking is a bonding thing. You know, you're out with groups and the last thing that you want to do is sit there and be like, oh, I can't have that. I don't mm -hmm. want to eat that. And then the focus is turned on you and it's uncomfortable. Right. So it's right. like, what do you do in these situations? But then again, it's like you're not going to throw your morals and your values out the window mm -hmm. for a guy for a meal for for really anything and I think that's kind of how you know that this is not the person you were meant to be with anyway um, right right but uh I could see how frustrating that could be and I could and I I totally I, I relate to you on every level with that and how then it's like wow well then I feel sort of alone and I do find that when I'm with my vegan friends you know when I'm with you when I'm with my boyfriend who's now vegan thank god <laughs> um it's we can bond over food and it's like we can hang out and there's not even a thought about what we're eating. It's just like you're able to bond and, and overcome that hurdle. You, can you describe any comments that he would make to you? Like maybe while you were out to eat, would he show in his body language that he was uncomfortable or not really? So, no, he was very kind about everything. I picked up in one specific instance where I was just having a hell of a time finding food and we were in Athens and we ended up having to go to this vegan restaurant that was kind of like in the outskirts of the city. It was very secluded. It didn't have a very good menu. And we were sitting there eating dinner and the, the food was just like very mediocre. And But it was the only place that I could find that would have something that made me feel safe enough to eat because of the language barrier. I had been served dairy options in other places. So I was like, I really just need to go somewhere vegan so I know I can get the right meal. So we're in this like secluded type of restaurant. And in my head, I was like, I know that he wants to be somewhere that's like culturally relevant and interesting and like in the heart of the city. And beyond that, we just became so disconnected emotionally. And you can feel it in body language. Yeah. 
And I even said to him, I was like, is this vegan thing getting annoying to you? And he's so like kind and knows how to say the right thing that he was like, no, I'm more frustrated for you. I'm not frustrated for me. I'm frustrated for you. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> like he was frustrated. And I'm sure in that moment he was like, God, like I could never travel with her to an Asian country. I, cause that's, you know, fish is so prevalent everywhere and like the street markets. And I knew what was going on in his mind where he was like thinking about all the things that we wouldn't be able to do together as opposed to the things that we could do together. And this is something else that comes up friendships and relationships is that people tend to see the negative side of veganism, all the things that you can't have. You can't go to this restaurant. You can't wear that. You can't take part in this. Instead of looking at somebody and saying, wow, you have this moral belief that you stick by. What a good fucking person. And that sucks when someone sees you as a, a she can't do this as opposed to look at what she can do. Look at the things that she does hold on to and how she does believe so unequivocally through this belief and instead you're seen as kind of dead weight in a way. Yeah, it just gets really hard for for the thing that you care about the most in life to become the detrimental thing that becomes the end of relationships. Mm -hmm. And become a burden to others. And totally. yeah, and it's something that, you know, we are walking the walk in a sense that people fight for various different social justice movements. But when it actually comes to having to walk the walk instead of just talking and preaching something, they don't actually do it. And I feel mm -hmm. like veganism is one of those causes where you really do the actions that you, you, you align your actions with your beliefs. And yeah, and for people that you love and people that you care about to not respect you for that and to not see that or even change themselves can be very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. So you were that type of person that was posting all the time on your social media and mm -hmm. it was the first thing that you would say in any, any conversation and I am definitely still like that. But <laughs> why did you then change your social media and talk about some of the changes that you've gone through? So your beliefs are still the same, mm -hmm. but you started making those changes, talk about what those changes were and maybe how they're either being more positively received or negatively received, whether it's from the vegan community or the non-vegan community. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I just kind of became more or less somewhat silent on social media. I only use Instagram, um, really. But I just, I stopped posting a lot. I stopped doing, I used to do like a lot of rants and things. And like um, Not even rants, but I would just like go on and, and talk about things and say, this is what I'm dealing with today. Or like, you know, if somebody said, tell me the difference between cruelty-free skincare and not cruelty-free, like I would do that a lot. And I just kind of wanted to become something other than a vegan on social media. I wanted to just be myself, wear my cute outfits, post the concerts that I was going to, not have arguments, not have people in my inbox sending me photos of dead animals that they had hunted. Like I had so much social media heat for so long, both good and bad. Like I had a lot of positive things come through too, but I was so sick of having to have the right answer and being so worried and so stressed out every time. Like I don't have any notifications on my phone other than texts and phone calls because I am not about to see something light up and be like, oh, is this somebody coming to get mad at me because they think that I, you know, am wearing the wrong thing or said the wrong thing because you're so highly watched, especially in pageants. So as a vegan, you're highly watched anyways. And then when you compete in such a prominent pageant like Miss USA, everybody's looking at you to mess up. Like that's all that they want from you. And I'm really far from being like the perfect, perfect pageant patty. Like I'm already kind of a black sheep. I already cuss all the time. Like, you know, I got tattooed. Like I'm already kind of on the outskirts of this community anyways. 
So I was really trying to be so specific with what I was doing and sharing. And I was like, I cannot anymore. So things just went kind of silent. And in a way, I was like, am I? I kind of went through like an identity crisis. Am I an activist anymore? Can I even say that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, You know, of course I'm vegan. How does that space fit in with what I'm doing? Because there's this narrative that's like, if you're not active in activism, you're only plant-based. Is there's that kind of that narrative that I hear a lot where people are like, if you're not actively out in the streets, you don't get to call yourself vegan because you're not doing enough. Like only eating plant-based food is not enough in the vegan movement. So then I was like questioning myself, my dedication to the movement. Was I doing enough? It just, it became such a pressure and so much negative pressure that I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes a part of our identity I mean people whenever they think of me it's they I think first of all think vegan and Mm -hmm. then they think oh Jamie you know and there's a lot of different things that I like to do we're all multi-dimensional people we're not all in one corner I mean you for example you love music you love that scene you love a lot of different things you know I mean you're not just vegan um and so People oftentimes just think of it also as a diet, and I think that that could be part of it. So I think also it's it's we shouldn't be judge so judgmental of if you're an activist or not, because one person could be chalking. Right. And we call them activists and another person could be breaking chains open and we also call them activists. There's different levels of activism but it's not to say that you're any less than or whatnot like we're all just doing the best and I think for right now if this is a place that you're at in your life where it was becoming too overwhelming I think it's okay to take a step back and reevaluate and you know for me I'm always trying to look for ways how can I be more effective I mean this is a movement and a cause that since it is a problem in our world that everywhere we turn and look, we see the abuse happening. You know, it's in every grocery store, every supermarket. We see it everywhere. And so I can't turn away and, you know, not want to always do something about it. But at the same time, I can't always do something every single day. But even just doing this podcast, I think, is helpful and and effective and, you know, is uh, something that may help other activists on here that are listening take care of themselves for a second so that we can be in this movement for the long run. And so, yeah, so talk a little bit about how this has helped you or maybe are you thinking about doing other forms of activism or what state of mind are you in now? Yeah, I'm in more of a... I'm very interested in interpersonal connections and relationships now. The way that my experience is over maybe the past four months, and especially this really includes the holiday season too, which is really hard for vegans because like we've talked about, food is arguably the biggest way to connect with people at all. And I was reading an article the other day about this guy who was trying to debate veganism. And he said that if you go to a house and you deny their food, you're denying them. And you're seeking to disconnect from them as opposed to connect from them. So he was like, if I go into someone's house and they offer me animal products, I cannot say no because then I'm saying no to them. And that gives me the question of how does it change relationships? And this is not even just romantic. This is all relationships with everyone you'll ever meet. 
when you say no enough times to somebody handing you something, and I say no a lot. So like, I don't drink alcohol. I'm vegan. I don't drink caffeine. I don't really like processed food. Like, I have a hard list of no's. So the more and more I'm around people, I'm predominantly saying no to what they're offering me. And that's a way of connection for so many people. You know, you go to a bar, can I buy you a drink? You say no, how can they connect to you now? Because you've denied them something. So I'm existing in a space where most of my conversation is saying no to things. Well, I guess the question is, can you say yes, but I would like this instead? So like if you're Mm -hmm. out at a bar, yeah, can you get me a club soda? With a a splash of cranberry or, yeah, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll take this mocktail right here. And maybe that's a conversation starter in itself. For me, I guess the alcohol thing, too, is it's like you're out with friends. Everybody else is drunk. It's not really fun if you're not drunk, too. Totally, yeah. That is part of the problem. But when it comes to food, if you're in a situation where you're – for me, I have a really hard time sitting down at a table where there's animal products. And I know for you probably as well, but mm-hmm. in order to have some of those connections, you have to put your guard down and just bear just with it. Because, yeah, because we're in a non-vegan world. We can't yeah. be perfect. I'll actually tell a story in a second of what happened to me last week. But, oh, God, it, it really is. It's devastating. I mean, the smells, it's just disgusting. But um, could you be at a restaurant and say, yes, let's grab dinner. I'm going to grab, uh, I'm going to get the spaghetti with marinara sauce instead. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, I guess, get what, what you're going to get. I'm not, I don't respect your choice or agree with it, but mm-hmm. you know, we can try to put the food aside and ignore what's happening there and just relate on that interpersonal connection. Mm-hmm. I was just visiting my grandfather for a week in Tampa and Florida and, and he is not vegan. He does not understand the ethical moral standpoint behind it Mm -hmm. and my uncle lives down the street and he wanted to have us over one night and he cooked steaks Mm. and I only see my grandfather maybe once a year he's 83 years old Mm. I'm trying to you know spend time with him and I don't want to be the abrasive granddaughter that is like nope I'm staying home like because at the end of the day he won't understand Mm. that I'm staying home because I don't agree with torturing animals like he's not thinking about that Mm -hmm. he's thinking about that I don't want to go because I'm trying to be you know a disruptor right 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 right. so he's not seeing it that way and that's what I understand what you're saying when you're saying no to somebody's food Mm -hmm. right But I think that there is a way to say no and try to maybe ask for something else. So, like, I set my boundaries and I was like, listen, like, I'll come to this. But you have to understand, like, I want to make my own separate meal. Like, I really don't even want you guys cooking it because they don't know. They'll put shit in it, you know? Yeah. So I did. And it was actually the first time that I had sat down at a table uh, with my family in a really long time because I don't go to Thanksgivings anymore. I haven't right, yeah. been to a lot of, and it was really uncomfortable, I will say. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're not able to just keep your cool and try and be positive and try to shift the conversation, and if they hand you curveballs, if you're not able to deal with it, it's better not to be there. And yeah. for a long time, it was better that I was not there because mm-hmm. sometimes I would literally start crying mm-hmm. and get like really emotional about it. But this time I was able to sit down and almost just like be more positive and lead by example and be like, wow, look at all this deliciousness on my plate. Mm. And let's just like shift the conversation away from the food as much as you guys want to try talking about it. Let's let's talk about what cool things I have going on in my life, like Mm. what cool things are going on, you know, with my uncle. My mom was there, my mom's brother. And it, it was weird 
but like I'm glad that I actually sat there and did that and actually I was able to show them look I'm having a beyond burger sweet potatoes broccoli some brussels sprouts and a salad I mean my plate looked way more colorful and more delicious than theirs and they mm-hmm. were kind of asking me like questions about it too so mm-hmm. oh, but yeah it is a thing too it's like do we just deny all of these personal connections and especially to touch on Thanksgiving you have Friendsgivings, and mm. oh boy, how many of those are around, and people don't invite me. It's not even like people invite me, and I have to say no. Like, I don't get invitations. Me either, to them. me either. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is out of respect. My friends are always like, oh, we had Friendsgiving, obviously, you know, we didn't want you there. There's a big chicken on the, t- or a big turkey, so I don't even know Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's done in a way of, of kindness in a way where they're like, we didn't invite you because it was barbecue. We didn't invite you because it was this. Like, I have a really close group of friends who went to Austin like a year ago. They all went without me and they were like, because it's Austin. Like, what are you going to do there? We're going to smoke houses and we're going to barbecue places. And it's like, I'm missing out on that type of friendship. And what you can look at it in a very, very strategic kind of way and say, well, you know, that's not your experience then. And those that's your friend's experience. And it's like, well, you know what? I want to do shit with my friends and I want to be able to be at parties and I want to be able to go to Friendsgivings and not be sad. I want to be an average member of society. I don't want to have to be this different person. And granted, there was a point where I was like, oh, I'm so different. I'm vegan. I'm so different. Like I, you know, I have to get the different meal. And like, you feel this kind of sense of like coolness and that you're, you know, everyone's asking questions and there's something interesting and different about you. I'm kind of tired of that. I'm tired of having to have people go out of their way to look at the menus before. I'm tired of, of dating being so difficult where right at the beginning, I have to be like, I, this is how I am. I'm not a fake vegan. Like I'm hardcore. If you can't handle this, you're going to have to deal with it. And most people can't. I'm tired of having to do the extremes in life. I want to be an average member of society and be able to eat a meal or five at a restaurant mm-hmm. and have it be there for me. And it's just not. Oh, I hear you. I hear you 100%. <laughs> and I guess some of the conclusions that I've come to is I just sometimes just don't hang out with some of those people. And I mm. found groups of friends that share the same belief systems that I do, which has been amazing. And that that keeps me sane. I guess that's one thing. But of course, if you still love your friends and you want to be with them, I totally hear you and totally get it. And it's really painful and hard. I guess what we're dealing with right now is being that we're living in a non-vegan world, it's hard. But as we start to shift and make our way into more plant-based options, a more vegan-friendly world, I mean, now we have cell-based meat products that hopefully will soon start to take over the market once people realize that farming animals is way more expensive and way more terrible for the environment and whatnot. Maybe these companies will start to make the shift faster than we even know to cell-based or lab-grown meat. And so it is very difficult. I guess, what do you do about it? Hmm. Cry. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, I try to look at it from their perspective. And this is something I've really been going deep down with, especially 
in relationships too. A lot of people, when I first told my friends, they're like, why did you and, you know, so-and-so break up? I was like, well, predominantly because of, you know, me being vegan and him not. And they're like, well, f- screw him. He sounds like a dick. And I was like, no, actually, like if you think about the reasons that he gave and the things that are important to him, it all makes sense. Um, and if I look at the reasons why my friends want to go to Austin, it makes sense. They want to go to, like I had some friends who just went to medieval times and, you know, that's, chicken chicken turkey bones and horseback riding and you know I have such a background with horseback riding and everything but I look at it from their experience and that they don't have the same beliefs that I do and they don't have to as much as I want them to they have to be (laughs) I'm like ready to go but but when you look at your belief systems of not wanting to inflict harm on others Mm -hmm. that is so powerful and that is so important and valuable and so the fact that they're just not connected enough with what happens to animals and they haven't maybe seen as much horrible footage that we have. And yeah. and that's just, I think, ignorance, unfortunately, and it's selfishness as, mu- as much as it is. And I understand what you're trying to, you know, see their perspective. And sure, I want to enjoy meals with people, too. I mean, geez, like, I want to go out to eat, too. I get it. But at the same time, it doesn't excuse inflicting harm on another person animal which I know you agree with (laughs) I know you agree with but you're giving them a nice benefit of the doubt but your belief systems yeah are are so important too and they're not looking at that as much as like but but yes yes and obviously we have the same moral agreeance here they do like I have one friend in particular she will always look at menus before she will always make a point to make sure I feel included. Anything that I'm going to, she's like, I looked at the menu before, you either can or you can't come. And she'll be really specific about it. I have a really good friend, pageant, a really good pageant friend who said to me in the past, she was like, Marissa, not everyone needs to feel that they need to make a change. Not everyone is called kind of in the same way that you and I are. Um, not everyone has those feelings some people just don't give a shit and it doesn't necessarily make them bad people. They just don't, they don't care in the same way that we do and we can still love them the same and we can still accept love from them in the same way. But I've had to really take myself out of things and try to try to get it and not feel hurt. Cause I used to feel really hurt. I'd be like, Oh my, fr- it's more important for you to go and eat a steak than it is to hang out with me, your friend. Oh, it's more important for you to, to eat food in Greece than to, you know, care about your girlfriend. No, some of them have these things that they really prioritize in their own way. And I've had to learn to not demonize them for it. Right. And I think that that's really mature of you. And that shows a lot of growth. I think, I often fall into that category of demonizing people for that, but we're all sinners, right? In our own way. So it's like these people aren't bad people at Mm -hmm. heart. We're not saying you're a bad person. We're saying that your actions, some Mm -hmm. of the actions that you take are bad. So there's actions that I take that are bad all the time, right? I mean, I'm not killing anyone, but sure, I might throw a piece of paper on the floor oh my god I just out of myself no I don't I recycle okay but let's say like something you know falls on the ground like a tissue or something by accident okay I'm just giving you an example uh, I love that the worst that, thing you could think about yourself you're that, like I dropped that tissue that one time <laughs> I'm a sinner okay and so 
we we all these are actions right so we're all just striving to do better and be better Mm -hmm. and you're right there are some people that are just not there in their plant-based journey yet then no matter what we say no matter how hard we try to push them they're not going to change unless they want to change for themselves yeah I always say I said this to my boyfriend in the beginning of us dating I said I don't want you to go vegan for me I want you to do it because you believe it's the right thing to do so that even if we're not together in 20 years you're still vegan yeah and that you still you know have those values and you know appreciation for animals and the earth and whatnot so Mm -hmm. it is a really really complicated topic but I guess for our listeners for people that are going through this for people that are feeling isolated let's Mm -hmm. try to give them some solutions or at least some things tactics that have helped us so Mm -hmm. when you're out to dinner with your friends Mm -hmm. and there's you know one or two options on the menu for you how do you dissociate from seeing all of the products on the table is it hard for you like what's what's going through your head Uh, I love that you I both love and hate that you use the word dissociate because that's and this is a whole other discussion that I think is super important is that I actually do dissociate quite a bit like in terms of mental health stuff I do deal with a lot of dissociation a lot of derealization and that's become a mental coping mechanism for me in a way because I would feel so ostracized in a way and I would look around and be like god guys why like why and you know the thing that also gets me this is just a little rant is that then everyone feels like shit afterwards and everyone's like oh, I have IBS and I have all these problems and I'm like well you know I wonder why and uh, I, I don't uh, feel that way yeah I'm like I feel great <laughs> um so yeah I do tend to dissociate in a way and I try to really detach the experience from what is from my my mind um I will specifically not go to dinners and I'll meet up afterwards. You know, friends have a birthday party. They're doing dinner and a bar. I'll meet you at the bar. It's, yeah, that's just become a really big thing where I haven't been able to actually do it. I was recently in Norway and I went up to the Arctic Circle over New Year's and I stayed in this really cool, like, kind of hostel style pod stay away thing it's very hard to explain but we all shared a kitchen so like me and eight total strangers shared a kitchen with all food in the pantry that we had to cook together it was so funny like I booked this Airbnb and get there and they're like oh there's a pantry at the base of the hill which remember this is in the arctic circle so everything is like snowing and raining and windy and they're like there's a pantry down at the bottom you can get your supplies there talk to everybody else about what you want to cook and like work together and I'm like wait a minute these are all total strangers. And I obviously was the only vegan there. There was also a housekeeper cook and she was very French. So there were, you know, crepes and they had cod and they had all these things. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, I am with this group of strangers and I want to connect with them and I want to be around them, but I'm having this, this disconnection. But in the same time, I didn't want to be seen as the vegan because I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't want them to be like, so tell us why. And I'm like, well, you know, when I was in high school, I was in FFA and I watched this video. And like, I'm so sick of telling that story. So in a way, I tried to just like hide who I was. So with new people now, it won't be the first topic of discussion for me. I try to get them to see me as somebody beyond what I do and don't eat and do and don't wear, where that's just a part of me. That's not who I am entirely. So to answer your question about how I deal with it, This is an ongoing thing for me in in my mind and something that I change with every day where I look back and I say, 
when we look back on social justice movements and human rights movements, we all think that if we were in those times, World War II, civil unrest, um, the civil rights movement, the women's right, you know, we all say, oh, in 1917, I would be out there voting for women to be able to, to vote and I would be protesting. You know what? You might not be. You might not be because it actually takes a lot of fucking guts to be able to be there before the actual social change happens. And so in my mind, I, I try to deal with this sense of how do I still have a community and yet believe this thing that's so unconventional in a way? Absolutely. And right now we are in that time right before this social change has happened and mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable and people are reacting in ways that can be really, really hard to deal with. I remember a few years ago, I was meeting an old friend that I hadn't seen uh, since, I, it was like right after the pandemic. So I hadn't seen her in like two years and we were grabbing lunch and wanted to hang out, go do a little shopping. And I met up with her and at the time I was really strict about not sitting at tables with animal oh, products. right, yeah. And that was like a boundary. I thought she knew that and mm. I guess I didn't make it clear, but we went to this burrito place that had probably about five or six vegan options. It was awesome. Oh, burritos are so easy. Yep. It was so easy. And instead, she went ahead and ordered this Hawaiian chicken sandwich. And I'm standing there in shock. I like mm. could not believe she just ordered that. It was like so, in my opinion, the way that I saw it, it was so just like a, a punch to my gut. It was really unthoughtful and and kind of rude mm -hmm. <laughs> but then like later on I'm realizing it's like she probably just didn't even see it in that way she didn't think of it literally at all probably I at all you, yeah I mean it, it comes to a point where it's like you know I'm at slaughterhouses every week you like know that this is what I fight for I fight for animal rights I rescue chickens you know like you would think that maybe you shouldn't order that or at least ask me but it didn't cross her mind I, I guess you, yeah she didn't even think of it or yeah. there's another side of it where maybe she was like doing it to push my buttons and see how I would react there was literally oh. so many vegan options whatever yeah. Yeah. but I said to her I was like I'm not sitting down with you at lunch mm. and it caused a major fight we mm. didn't speak for probably another year or two after that whoa and, and do you speak now we speak a little bit now, but it's definitely our relationship was kind of rocky, like in the outs. It's like we weren't close. She actually lives out here in L.A. I'm in New York and whatever we talk here and there. Love her to death. She's a great person. But it that whole scene, that whole situation caused a it was really hard. I mean, she was like, you're crazy. Nobody mm. likes you. Mm. This whole thing. And I'm. You know, I ended up calling my friend after I was hysterical. I was like, oh, my God, like I just I'm trying to do good for the world, the, the animals. And now everybody just thinks I'm crazy. And does that that thought process right there? Do you ever think to yourself, am I actually even doing the right thing? I mean, I know that not putting animal flesh in my body that to me is is doing the right thing like it's more like I if I don't need to take a life for my own survival that to me is absolutely the right thing I think mm -hmm. in terms of not eating animal products yes I think that that is the right thing however am I effective in my approach to others I don't freaking know I, I don't I thought maybe by not showing up to Thanksgiving they would make more changes to be like well we want her here so maybe mm. we'll do it more vegan well they haven't and instead I just don't go anymore and I don't see my family <laughs> and, so 
And and to think of that, like people who who love their family so dearly that they will put their family before that, because the thought of losing your family, I mean, that's the whole point of life as human beings. What do we want the most? Connection, connection for survival, emotional support. So you're removing yourself from all of your support. You have to think at some point, am I doing the right thing? Because how is it that I'm one of the few people who believes this right how could something so widespread be so morally and ethically wrong like am i just crazy for thinking that chopping animals heads off is mean and and cruel like that's it is it is a weird thought process but when i meet people like you and other people in the vegan community that we share these really really beautiful values and we we Mm. see souls and we we respect life it then i realize i'm like we are on the right side of history and those people in 1917 they (laughs) might have thought that they were were like you know am I crazy am I doing the right Mm. thing should women have rights but then you know you fast forward till you know 100 years later and thank fucking god they were out there protesting yeah it's a good point thank god they were doing that and it all starts somewhere if we were all all of us if every single individual just said oh I'm one person I can't make a difference we would not see any change but if we all band together and say I am one person and if every person you know starts to at least make little changes we can get to a better kinder world yeah you know we're driving this planet into the ground (laughs) I mean what the yeah (laughs) what the hell so I'm not gonna just stand there and watch it happen I'm gonna do whatever I can and you know what if they keep running it into the ground then they do but at least while we're here we try try. to do yeah try to do our best and so that's why I you know it's okay to take breaks from activism and take care of yourself but little things here and there Mm -hmm. I think it really is powerful because your voice in itself is people look up to you you know and even if you get pushback that just means that you're you're striking a chord that Mm. means they're listening I think it's actually scary when people have no reaction Mm. I think a triggered reaction is a better reaction than none at all yeah because it means you're hitting something within them yeah that's a very good point very good I was triggered right before I turned vegan Mm. holy shit my friend I was staying at my friend's house in Florida for a week and I was pescatarian at the time she goes Mm -hmm. why are you eating fish like they feel pain Mm. they they," she wasn't vegan and she's asking me these questions Uh uh-huh and I remember being like well they're fish like they're not yeah. you know they're, they're not soulless yeah mm. they're they have six second memories or whatever I said at the time and I'm like well they're in the ocean and I don't know where I was getting the fish from regardless mm-hmm. and I started doing research and I but I was so mad at her we got into like a huge fight about it oh that's kind of ironic huh? huge fight about it. I was mm. like yeah and I almost left actually wow because I was like why are you even you know commenting on this and it just goes to show that that reaction out of me then once the anger and the guilt, I guess, settled, mm. I was vegan maybe like two months later. Wow. Did you, does she know this? She knows. Mm, that's great. She knows. I tell yeah. her all the time. I'm like, you are part of the reason why I am the way I am. So thank you. Um, yeah. But also you should start to ask yourself the same questions you were asking me right, and berating right. me about. It yeah. was weird. I was like, you're not even vegan. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I guess where do we want to leave people off with this because it, it's an ongoing problem and Thing, we're yeah. nav- we're both navigating it mm-hmm. right so yeah where where sh- what should people do i think the thing that i want to say is that it's okay to question it and it's okay to feel sad about it because there was a period where I felt like I wasn't allowed to feel sad because you know I I knew that I what I was doing was right and I knew that it my community was my community and like and there's also a point that I just 
ever so slightly want to touch on is that sometimes the vegan community itself can be alienated within it. So we can we can look at it and say, okay, well, you have non-vegan friends. Find solace within your vegan community. What if some people, A, don't have that, B, don't feel connected to it, or C, they have a reason why they don't necessarily want to be involved? But being able to just look at it and say, yeah, I feel super sad tonight about it. I feel super sad that I see my friends having Friendsgiving and they're having a blast and I'm not there. And feel sad. Like, think, really get into it and think, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? What what do I hope to change? Do I hope to change myself? Looking at it from a way of how it's just a human experience and taking it away from like, well, I'm doing this do or die 100%. You know, I'm 100% vegan and this is what I stand by. Instead, seeing as like, This is a concept that I'm learning to understand and work through. How does this concept affect me in my relationships? How does that make me feel? Because then I'm like, okay, am I not going to date any more non-vegans? Well, no, because I think that there is such a fascinating conversation to have within it and that everybody evolves and changes. I could date somebody for a year who's not vegan and then they decide to be over time like your situation. You know, that's amazing. How can we look at this as just we're trying to figure it out and like trying to like being sad is okay. Being angry is okay. And understanding how you, your differences fit in or they don't fit in and just kind of looking at it as like a, wow, this is an interesting thought process because also I think a lot of people who maybe we look at and we're like, how do they not understand where we're coming from? How do they not get these feelings and these emotions in the same way that we do? We are having such a vast human experience with so many different perspectives and outlooks. And we get to actually think about what we do. If you think about how few people consider their effects on every aspect of their life, they just kind of live in this systematic way of going to work and then they eat dinner and then they turn on their TV and they live in this this paradigm somewhat Thinking about existence is interesting enough. And so I almost look at it in like a fascinating way of like, this is actually really cool that I'm having these feelings because it shows that I'm a fucking human mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it with with conscientious thought. And a lot of people don't have that. And you're also very connected. You're connected mm. to things on a way deeper level than I think we even discuss as vegans and we even realize. I mean, mm. when you bring up the even the topics of vibration and energy mm-hmm. and, you know, when you're eating life and and when you're seeing something on a plate for what it really is, you were able to make that connection. So many people don't. Right. Yeah. And turn a blind eye to it. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't see that chicken wing on the plate as once belonging to an animal. They don't, they don't see that. And you also Mm -hmm. have such a respect for these living beings that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show like the empathy and, and and I, I'm so proud to be vegan and I'm so proud Mm -hmm. to be a part of this community and a leader in this community and somebody that, you know, I would always try to be as supportive as possible of, you know, wherever you're coming from. If you're in a time where you need to just not post on Instagram and you need to start to reevaluate, like I, I'm all here for it. I totally, and I, I want to just be that support system. And I think we need to come from a place of empathy for all living beings. And that includes people. Right. Right. Like what is veganism at its core? It's Mm. it's for me, uh, one word that comes to mind is love. Mm -hmm. It's empathy. It's showing compassion and benevolence for all living beings. And so, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's 
tough because when you see the people that you love causing harm, mm-hmm. I don't think they realize they're directly doing it. I so. think it's it's also just a matter of not caring. You know when yeah. you you put on your favorite song in a car and somebody else doesn't like it and it doesn't make them feel anything and you're like, how can you not just want to run around in circles and scream at the top of your lungs because this is not the best song you've ever heard in your whole life and they don't feel it and then you remember how different inner worlds are within people and I kind of just look at it in the same way where I'm like I get this and this is so important to me and this is not important to them and I have to say well do I want to be connected to people who like that's that's also a really cool thing about life is being connected to people who have different beliefs than you. Even though that's really it's hard. <laughs> I was just going to say we constantly see this division in politics, mm-hmm. in religion. Mm-hmm. We see it in various aspects of life. But when I look at it in terms of a social justice movement, let's say you replaced veganism with racism. Right. Would you be able to sit through a meal with a white supremacist, for example, and completely set aside those beliefs Mm. and set aside the damage and harm that that person causes to others and try to have that interpersonal connection with them? Yeah. Now we're getting deep. Yeah. And that's very fair. It's very fair. Um, It. Yeah. And in that moment, you want to look at it with like this very crisp black and white lens of like, no, we have to say no to everything. It's um, there's a phrase that I used to use a lot and I cannot think of it. Um, You know, it's the rejection of any and all exploitation of animals. There's no way that we can progress as a society if we continue to exploit them. And it's true, but I think it also goes to show that as humans, we are inherently flawed and we can believe something fully. And I fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Like, how can we say that we can sit down with a rapist or, you know, a white surprise, like any of these examples, but then you just remember being human. Mm-hmm wanting to have that human connection. And then it's like, okay, well, how can you have a connection with someone who totally is the opposite of your ethics? And it's like, yeah, but we're all we're all people looking for that that connection, those relationships. And if we refused, I think we'd get really lonely. We completely ostracize ourselves. And yeah. I've gone down this rabbit hole. I mean, I still kind of am in this rabbit hole. Mm. Most of the people that are around me are vegan people for the most part. Mm. And my relationship, he's vegan. And with that story, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. But I did set those boundaries. I said, I don't want to see the animal products. I don't want them around me. He was very respectful of that. He saw the things that I was fighting for, came to slaughterhouses, came to sanctuaries, saw the disruptions, the protests and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he ultimately made the decision to change for himself. However, it kind of was one of those things where I was like, you got to at some point like either change or I just don't know in the future if this is going to work out because Mm -hmm. like I want to raise my children vegan and obviously like with those morals and values but Mm -hmm. uh, for some people that might not be the case it might not work so that being said I don't experience this ostracism if that's a word as much as you do Mm -hmm. because I've managed to create that bubble and for those listening 
if you are able to get more vegan friends, I really highly recommend it. It is, it is really helpful and it's gotten me through really tough times. Mm. If you're in a situation where you can't do that, maybe try to find communities and online and support systems online mm. and get creative. Maybe you can go to the supermarket and get really delicious foods and create meals for your family and make it a positive experience for them where mm. oh my god maybe they really love that vegan cornbread that you make yeah and that's make, a great idea make it a positive experience as opposed to something that's taking away from them totally, so yeah. adding to what they're able to have and I've noticed that when I'm able to put down really delicious meals on the table they end up eating more of that as mm. opposed to what they would and maybe they'll replace it in the future or whatever whatever it is so getting creative coming up with some of those ideas I mean do you ever see yourself not being vegan you know I actually have thought about that at length but then in my head I was like well what's what would I do in that capacity what would I start to reintroduce and then I was like why like wh why would I do that and I'll be really authentic here when I was in Norway one of the meals that was made was fish and I ate it and it was so bad <laughs> Oh it's my so god. Bad. And in my head I was like fucking hell like here here I go. I'm I'm eating fish. I did it. I said I would be a part of this this circle, this community. I wanted to sit down at the table and I wanted to say yes. Mm. And here it was really bad. Um and even there was a couple like very local cheeses that they had had up in Norway. And I took a couple bites and I was like, this just isn't exciting to me. There was no moment where I was like, oh yeah, I'm missing out. There was no like, oh, this cheese is so good. I was like, no, I actually, I don't want to eat the non-vegan option. I love the vegan options. I love vegan food. There is nothing in me that wants to eat non-vegan food for any other reason other than the ability to mm -hmm. say yes at a table. Mm. And to feel included and to feel like I'm not this different person who has all these extra needs. And, you know, you have to go out of your way to be with me. Oh, it's so difficult to date you. It's so difficult to go on vacation with you. I was tired of being the difficult of one. Of course, I hear you. Um, but then I was like, I don't even like it. So, um, And I knew in my gut, I was like, okay, this is so true to me. And I'm so happy and healthy and I feel great all the time. And I love and believe what I do. So this is where I am, where I'm I'm feeling this disconnection. But I'm really trying to see it in a very positive light of making it a way to understand people and understand the way that we connect and have conversations. And even the way that we connect through nonverbal language, giving and receiving things. I think for you to even say that, I know coming from, you know, the same moral perspective, it is like so hard to even like say that yeah you know, as much as you disagreed with eating it you did and you wanted to fit in and kind of going back to just what we were discussing in this whole podcast mm -hmm. so that in itself like thank you for for sharing that and I didn't even I tell my sister that it was also vegan wow. <laughs> she doesn't know <laughs> and it goes back to it's like it's not that we can't have these products it's that we don't want them right and People also need to realize that like if I wanted a bite of cheesecake, I could I could have it, but I just don't want it. And with that being said, it's we we're not perfect. But uh, when we're able to show others that our morals and our values are more important than a meal or more important mm -hmm. than than something that lasts, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Like I think that it is people people see that and they, they'll react how they want to react. But at the end of the day, it, it it becomes part of our identity, whether we like it or not. Totally. Yeah. 
Um, and that I, I used to think it was really cool and I loved it. I loved, I was, I was in England and I went to dinner with one of my very good friends and I, I asked the waiter, you know, what do you recommend for a vegan? And he kind of scoffed about it and he had his whole thought and he went on this total rampage about, um, eating things that are furthest from your DNA and like fruit is furthest from your DNA. It was, it was a very odd argument, one that I hadn't heard before. And I loved it. I thought it was so funny and I like ate it up, but my friend was so uncomfortable. Like he hated that me and the waiter started to get into this conversation. So then just realizing that like beyond my own ability to love and support veganism, when it brings other people into it, it makes them so uncomfortable. Mm. And like, I think you and I are people who we love a good debate. We like, we get excited about it. I'm like, tell me all your thoughts. Tell me what your, where did this come from? Where does that originate from? some people really hate that and it makes them so uncomfortable. And so just like realizing all the ways that this bleeds into life in and of itself. Yes. And I think back to what we were saying just in the beginning of this podcast is being vegans, living in a non-vegan world, we can only be as, you know, quote unquote, perfect as we can. But I think when you really look in the animal's eyes and you watch that footage, you know, it's the right thing deep down. Because how could it not be? This is what I think. Yes, there was a point where I literally was at dinner and I looked around and I was like, God, am I doing the right thing? Is this, is, I'm ripping apart my life in a way for this cause. Is it even the right thing? And then I think about it and I'm like, obviously. Like, to me, it makes no sense. You know, you could, you could argue like, because I listen to a lot of podcasts that are about like health and wellness that aren't specifically vegan podcasts. So they talk about, you know, all the aspects of just living a long, healthy life. And a lot of doctors will say that especially as you age, protein is the utmost important. And they do recommend to eat wild caught fish, cod, salmon, um, that that has a boatload of nutrients. So even if, let's say, this is all theoretical here, you should be eating for optimal health as you age fish twice a week. How on earth does that make it okay for what we do to everyone else? And I'm not, this is not me saying in any way that like fishing is justified. I'm just giving an example that a lot of health professionals do suggest as you age that omega-3s are, you know, really important in this level of protein. I'm not a nutritionist. Um, There is so much other harm that even in my head, I'm like, maybe veganism isn't the answer to everything, but it's a big answer to a lot of problems. Obviously, there's ways of getting that protein in other sources. Mm -hmm. And what we do is if you need to take an omega-3 supplement, omega-6 or or omega-9 supplement, you take it, whatever, you can do different forms of protein and age just fine. Because I look at these 80-year-old vegans, some of these people that have been vegan for even 30 years, and I'm like, oh my God, you look amazing. And then you look at some of these people that are older that have been on an animal-based diet their whole lives, and I'm like holy crap, like you really are not doing well and you have diabetes Mm -hmm. and high blood pressure and high Mm -hmm. cholesterol and you're Mm -hmm. on various medications. And a lot of these doctors too have very little nutritional studies in Mm -hmm. school and then they just say and regurgitate information and they want to make money. And so they they make money by prescribing medication to sick people. Right, yeah. So that is one thing. But I do hear what you're saying where, okay, maybe that one – you know, little fisherman on the dock in an island is not the problem if he's catching a fish. I mean, I don't agree with it personally, you know, don't get me wrong, but he is not the problem. It's, you know, the massive industries that are taking out, you know, 
trillions of fish every single year. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I think we need to strat be strategic with our approach. Mm-hmm. And I think that there, no pun intended, but there's bigger fish to <laughs> to there's bigger vegan fish to fry, and. So if that means tackling factory farming first, mm. then we'll do that. If that mm-hmm. means tackling, you know, the the fur industry first, we will do that and we will mm-hmm. focus on that and we'll be very intentional with our actions mm-hmm. with that. It's really hard to tackle everything at once. Personally, I mm. as I know you do, we look at life and we see all value in life. Like even if there's an ant on the floor, I feel bad. Like I would not kill it just to kill it. Mm. You know, I would try to look for the most humane way to remove them as possible right you know yeah. for my house it's yeah. like we you know we're not again we're not perfect it's like you drive a car you run over probably like microbes on the street like, yeah I don't know. oh my gosh can I give an, a, an example yeah. of like my radical brain or I see I don't even think it's radical but in this world it is um yes. when I was in Norway and with my eight strangers there was a very very lovely couple from Australia and one of them was talking about how they eat kangaroo meat and apparently it's you know really healthy is what he said oh. um and he was like I don't understand why people aren't eating more kangaroo meat because we cull them anyways because they're a pest. They're everywhere. They're breeding, you know, the same way that we look at deer here. Mm. And so this was a moment where I really reflected on myself because, of course, I wanted to be like, humans are the real pests. And look at what we've done. He was like, oh, you know, they're wreaking havoc on the environment. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And like the way that he phrased all these terrible things that kangaroos were allegedly doing in Australia, I was like, should we just kill all the humans then? Because they're, you know, doing the same thing at an exponentially worse Mm. rate. If we exchange humans for these type of animals that we are completely complacent in killing, it would be insane. But I had to tell myself, I was like, don't say anything. Yeah, you're going to ruin whatever relationship you just built. Yeah, Everyone's going to hate you in some way. You're going to feel stress. They're going to feel stress. It's going to create this huge divide. So I sat back and just was like, oh, wow. Oh, mm, fascinating. And had to detach from myself in a way, which is another experience of dissociation Mm -hmm. where I'm a very authentic person and I just say whatever I feel like. So I had to train myself to sit back and let him, you know, tell this story, which for him, you know, he didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Oh, my God. That's so (laughs) hard. Oh, I don't know if I would be able to do that. What I find is that if I'm really trying to hold back, if anything, I will make some sort of joke Mm. and something that will kind of make them feel a little uncomfortable but won't totally stir the pot. And I find that little uncomfortable comments actually just like gets people thinking because, again, like back to what we were saying is you don't have to have the same opinion as everybody to connect. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. And if somebody wants to get hostile and mad because you have a different opinion, maybe you don't go full force into the vegan mode, you know, vegan activist mode. You don't Mm -hmm. have to get in somebody's face and get like angry and passionate and mean. Like you can simply ask questions or, you know, maybe come from a little bit of a different perspective and agree to disagree and move on to the next topic. Sometimes changing the topic is really helpful too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just be like, so do you guys have kids? <laughs> you know, what are their yeah. names? How old are they? Yeah. And and that I find because for me, it's like I try to look at every opportunity as a way to not necessarily change people, but at least get them thinking in a different way. Mm. Or they're trying to get me to think in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to outreach you. So mm. you might as well 
try to, I mean, this is just my opinion. And in the moment you did what you did, what you could and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. I just find that like, we have so little time to waste. Like I just, you know, I think about all these animals and, uh, you know, I just go to going to these slaughterhouses and seeing their little faces. It's like, ah, yeah. I can't. It it becomes a really big struggle in looking at something that you're like, how is this happening at the rate that it's happening? It's only getting worse. And yet here I am, little old me, I feel discluded from Friendsgiving. And I got dumped because of this. You know, like things like that where I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my emotional response to this. And it's such a bigger problem than me as an individual. But then it's like, well, right, but this is my individual experience. How do you deal with that? And I think every situation is going to be different. But you just do the best that you can in the situation that you're in. Mm. And that's, again, it's it's what we're trying to do. And I think what you said earlier about just feeling those emotions. Mm. If you're sad or you're angry... Feel that sadness and anger and sit with it. And if you need to meditate or go for a walk or talk to a friend, do it and mm. and recognize that that's the way that you feel because it is really easy to feel very depressed and, and sad about the state of the world and not even just what the animals are going through, but also, you know, politics and totally and, you know, women's rights now in, in the time that we're in, it mm-hmm. can be really difficult. And so <laughs> we're very divided as a country for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that just t- the, the women's rights part just took my brain into a totally different place. Um, like personally, I could not sit there and let somebody tell me, oh, well, you can't get a- an abortion because I said so. Right. Yeah. Like I would never let somebody say that to me. And you know what? Those that are listening, like you have your opinions. I have mine. But like I'm not in a freaking place that I can bring a baby into this world right now. And, yeah. you know, I'm not here taking out an eight month old fetus you know where they're fully developed and grown like this is something that under a certain amount of weeks if done in a safe environment like if I needed to do that I would have to do that I'm not I the goal of veganism is first of all to have bodily autonomy and a right to choose oh my gosh yes you know a Mm -hmm. right to choose what happens to one's body what happens to these cows bodies when they're in the Mm -hmm. dairy industry and they're being artificially inseminated on a rack and then having their babies stolen I mean that we're here to advocate for bodily autonomy and to not bring more individuals into this world to have them experience suffering. Right. The thought that we breed animals into existence just to have them die, which then in turn, what we're eating is killing us. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm living in this alternative world where I'm like, we know that this is killing us. We we want what prescriptions, pharmaceutical, like, can we not see all of this, but yeah. people don't see it? I, yeah. Ugh, I, just I, I get like, so mad. Mm. I know. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like we if you really care about, you know, babies or animals just to like wrap up this topic is like <laughs> you would then maybe the government would give people more money so that mm-hmm. they are at least more uh, money to schools to educate people about pregnancy or, mm-hmm. you know, they're not doing that. They don't actually give a shit about the baby. And then if the baby turns out to be gay or, you know. <sighs> a yeah. minority or whatnot, then they really don't give a shit about the baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go on and on about this. And I know <laughs> there are some vegans that are very pro-life. I mean, listen, I get it. I'm not here to be like, oh, take out a, you know, fetus that's fully developed. I think that's right, fucked yeah. up. But like, yeah. oh, it's it's a really, really difficult topic. But uh, 
So, but anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> we, digress. We, are, we are hitting every, every <laughs> modern day issue. I'm like, we could really go into this because then there is the, um, the thought behind, well, if you believe that all life is sacred and consensual, you're taking the life of somebody. You, there is an inevitable life within there growing and would become a human yet you're choosing to take its life. And I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole because mm. it's too heavy today. Um, but there is that that right. argument. It's it's a horrible situation to be in. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, it would probably change somebody. I don't know if I would be able to get an abortion personally. I don't know. But then who am I to be like you to another woman that may not be in a situation to uh-huh. you know deal with? You have to have this baby. Like it's just and and it's, it's these men who are deciding all of this. First of all, mm. and you know not only that, a lot of these men that consider themselves pro life eat life. They eat animals they eat right other yeah. beings so it's like okay you you're really, not actually pro-life you're not actually yeah you're, you're and it doesn't make sense you're just controlling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> pushing into um, poverty baby um okay but i guess to wrap <laughs> things up you know we've been going for a, a, about an hour or so i think thank you for sharing your experience with us because i think there are so many things in this episode that i've just related to in in your hearing your story hmm. you know yeah i think that too I have a really big fear of this, this perfect image. And you even asking me, would you ever not be vegan in my head? I was like, should I tell this story? Because I could very quickly, I mean, you see on, on the internet threads all the time where people will say, oh, then you're never vegan. And I I saw this in a vegan travelers group where someone posted and they said, I'm going here. There are very limited options. How would you guys feel morally eating these specific animal-based products while you're there because I don't know what I'll be able to eat. And someone commented and said, you're not vegan, you're plant-based, only when it's convenient for you. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to tell this story that I ate fish when I was in Norway? Because then everyone's going to be like, oh, she's not actually vegan. Right. That's what's going to be going through their heads. And then, yeah, take away my whole identity for it. (laughs) After you had that experience, now where you're at today, Mm -hmm. do you, would you see yourself eating? No. Right. No, there's it. I don't I don't care about the taste. I didn't like magically feel better. You know, there was when Miley Cyrus came out and she was like, oh, I'm not vegan anymore. And I ate fish. And within 10 minutes, I felt amazing. I was like, "Okay, it's not that I I didn't have any feeling like that. Um, In fact, I didn't feel great. So, no, that would never be something. And it was a reminder that like Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is actually right from my person and my soul and my beliefs and it's less about what's on my plate and more about how I feel I can connect with other people did you think about the fish like while you were eating it or for me it's like slaughter footage would just come to mind like even when I look at it um, at somebody else's plate at a restaurant I'm like oh my god like I just think about the Mm. fish suffocating on the deck and Mm. basically drowning yeah but out of water yeah I mean in a way we've touched on dissociation but my brain just just disconnected from it but when when I was in England actually I walked around those markets and they had like fish markets and the butcheries and stuff and that was like this huge reminder that I was like fuck this fuck that but no in the moment I just really wanted to have that connection with people okay Mm -hmm. do you feel that you could have had that without eating the fish Maybe it's hard for me to say yes or no, but in that moment, because I had already denied so many other things, Mm -hmm. I felt like I really needed to because this was something we had all worked on and it was like a big soup. And so, you know, everyone was putting in their effort into this soup and I was like, damn, 
if I sit here, A, if I sit here and say, no, I'm not going to have anything to eat because <laughs> there wasn't anything else for me to eat. So I'm going to starve and I'm not going to be connected to this. Well, it was an experience that you had and that, you know, I think maybe you learn from it. If somebody on here finds themselves in a situation like that, you can figure out how to navigate it for yourselves. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, keep using your voice for the animals. We are on the right side of history. We mm -hmm. are fighting the good cause. And I'm sure people back in 1917 felt, you know, <laughs> the same way. Yeah. And felt really uh, scared, sad, disconnected at times, but mm. pursued and pursued on. And now look where we're at today. We can vote. Right, you know, yeah. we can have podcasts. We can do things. We can be people. And mm -hmm. it's all because of the hard work that these amazing people laid before us. Yeah. And we're going to do the same for animals. Yeah. This the, Before we die, we're going to make great changes, mm -hmm. great strides. So, well, yeah, where can yeah. people find you? And if they ever have questions, how can they reach you? Um, so, well. You changed your Instagram. I changed. Can I even tell that little story? Sure. Okay. So, I model and I, I love nudity. And I think that that's like a very natural state to be in. And so, I really love to um, do outdoor, like love fine it. art, nude modeling. And I was in a job interview maybe like a month ago. And because it's LA, this is the entertainment industry. They were like, oh, what happens when I Google you? So this is literally on a Zoom interview. The interviewer says, what happens when I Google you? And in my mind, I was like, well, I was Miss Montana. I have all this vegan shit. And I was like, oh, it's going to be crazy. Like, you're going to find a lot of stuff on there. And she goes, what do you mean? And I was like, just do it and you'll find out. First thing that comes up is my Instagram, which I didn't think anything oh. of. And she looks at me and goes, you think you can get a job with photos like this? And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And she's like, you're naked in these photos. And I was like, yeah, baby, it's L.A. Like, you know, we're, we're progressive. We're creative. Um, they're not raunchy. They're very like I'm out in the woods and I'm a, a nymph or something like that. Um, and so she was like, you need to make this private. Or you need to make their you need to make it so that people can't find you. This because, interviewer said this to you. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, and she was like, I would never hire you if I found your Instagram. So with that being said, <gasps> my Instagram currently is R I S S A underscore U N D. So Rissa und. Um, that might change. <laughs> But as of now, it was just, I was like, oh, I need a job. <laughs> okay. So. You, you guys can also reach out to me at It's Jamie Logan. And if you wanted to get in touch with Marissa, I could put you in touch. I don't know when you're listening to this, but as of right now, January 11th, 2023, this is her Instagram. Yeah. So we'll go with it. But if we can't find her for some reason, then you just reach out to me. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing this with us. Thanks for having me. I think that um, a lot of times, especially in our intense community, it can be really scary to share any thoughts that are beyond we're doing this for the animals. There's such a narrative and I fully believe in it and support it. And I fully agree. But sometimes I feel like we're also not allowed to be human with wavering thoughts and with a lot of questioning ourselves and so I just want to say that like I question myself all the time every second of every day I ask myself if I'm doing the right thing so if you feel like you're in a predicament where you're disconnected or you don't feel like you feel like your life is different or you want something to change whatever it is that's great keep questioning yourself because most people don't most people don't wonder anything about life and keep watching that slaughter footage yeah <laughs> because it will remind you why you're on the path that you're on and why you connected to this in the first place mm -hmm. and i think that there are there are ways to 
relate to people and to have those interpersonal connections. And it might be a little bit more difficult, but trying to lead by example, steering the ship to having more have veganism be more of a positive experience is a, a start but we're, we're your support system so mm-hmm. reach out to us and yeah. we, we can help all right guys well thank you very much goodbye bye